BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers just found out about Cannibal Corpse and the Black Veil Brides guy is voicing Batman. There's two emo Batmans. What's going on? Play the intro. Welcome to another episode of Last Words here in the pit. I'm Jordan Olds from Two Minutes to Late Night. I'm emo Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Katie Rosari from Season Mist and Labwire.com. And I am Doc Coyle from the band Bad Wolves and host of the X-Man podcast. So Facebook has threatened to delete uh, band pages for live streaming copyrighted music, but also they released a statement that no, they're not but also, yes, they are. This is vague. This is weird. I haven't done anything video-wise on Facebook in three years. What the fuck is going on? What do you guys, what do you guys think is going on? I literally, last night, girlfriend left the house for an accident. Like, you know what I'm gonna do? I went on all my lives. I went on Instagram Live, my regular Facebook, and my professional Facebook, and I played through like an entire God Forbid album on guitar. Just for like fun and to like, you know, because people always ask about it. And on my professional page, blocked my stream at some point, and they just like stopped it. And then on the other one, I think they said it was, uh, you know, the parts were muted. I don't know. It's just Facebook has always been kind of weird about this stuff. But the thing I really don't get about it is it's my band. I wrote the songs. I played on the records. So how come there isn't some kind of like, uh, I don't know, form or way you can go through where it's like i'm not you know i don't know it just seems like unnecessary bureaucracy and i think there's a, but there thing is you gotta remember a lot of this stuff comes from the laws about performance rights songwriting rights and things like that so so sometimes it's actually it might be filtered through facebook because it's actually coming from laws and from record labels and all these other things putting pressure on it so i think it's really complex but it's also, I wish they would hash this out so that, because all this stuff, like, you know, if there's some kid covering some other band's song, they're just promoting that band. So I don't understand why you wouldn't want that, why the artists and the labels and everyone wouldn't want more of that out there. It goes back and forth, because I remember back in the day, like in 2009, when I would direct music videos for bands or whatever. And then I would like on my personal YouTube page or my Facebook page, put up that video. And then I get that video taken down, even though I made it. It's fucking weird. It's always been weird. A YouTube is working it a little differently now where, um, you know, like they will just stop your monetization and refunnel. Like if you're using copyrighted music, which I think is maybe like a better system. And yeah. then maybe if the video is popular enough, you know, you'll get a third party coming in there and be like, how about everybody gets a little bit of this money? No one's making money off the, Insta- off the Facebook stuff. Facebook's right. making money off the Facebook they stuff. Are, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, it's just, it's stupid because they're profiting from it and they don't really think about what they're taking away from some of these bands because some bands will use like a tip jar type thing, like PayPal us this amount or whatever. 
Um, there's been creative ways to kind of monetize on these things in a DIY sense without having to rely on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. But I feel like this is kind of deliberately vague, the language and like deliberately unclear because Facebook knows it's not going to be a perfect system. I mean, who's really monitoring this stuff? Like I ask myself every day, like there's all these people on here who's actually monitoring what should get flagged and what shouldn't like, they so are. I think they're just trying to, yeah, they are. But I mean, like to what extent, how do they know? Clearly they don't, if they're like blocking you from playing your own content. So I feel like it's deliberately vague to protect themselves. So if they take something down erroneously, they could still be like, oh no, you misunderstood. Like, I feel like it's just, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's deliberately shady. But also too, I feel like when I read it, what I gathered, I mean, again, it's super unclear. So I don't want you to take my word for it because there's a lot you could interpret from it. But I felt it was just if it's a cover song and if it's basically a song you didn't write um, and you don't have credits or licensing to. But again, I don't know that that's really the case because the language was still so vague. Well, so I was reading through, there were two articles. There was the one that initially said they're going to be canceling pages. And then there was a clarifying article through Alt Press, which I read through. And so what that was saying was essentially what they don't want people to do is to play music, pre like music that's already recorded and someone owns the masters through these, through Facebook or Instagram. So essentially they're saying uh, ways you can avoid getting flagged is always have a visual component. So it's not like, um, you know, I'm just playing music, right? I see. So that's one thing. The other thing that they really implore is to not, is a uh, length of time. So this is like the discrepancy between Facebook and Instagram, something like TikTok, where TikTok is these really kind of short, bite-sized uh, pieces of music. Um, and they said, so th so if you're gonna, so me, like my live stream, right? If I would have just live streamed for 20 minutes and played three or four songs off my record, then it wouldn't have got flagged. But since I was going for like two hours or something and I'm playing a whole album, then that sets off other red flags. So it's, uh, so I, I kind of understand what they're trying to do. And they also said, they said we're not going to, take down covers. So that was a, a, clarif a clarification as well. So, but then you go to the bottom, they say basically if you're like kind of egregious with it and you're constantly doing certain things, then yes, your page possibly can get deleted. But it seems like that would be some very rare case of something egregious. But so there is, a, it is complex and there's not a ton of clarity, but it's just weird. So I don't know. And I don't know if it's their fault or if it's just, pencil pushers and legal and all this other stuff that you know we don't really have control over maybe even they don't i don't know yeah i think the moral of the story is like get ahead of the curve if you're in a band like just ditch facebook and stick with other stuff and i would like to also add there are now developing and, and um all these kinds of now streaming services to keep up with the demand this year one that i know about is called sessions i mean you should really look into that because uh this is a it's by the same people who do Liberty Media and Pandora, and they do take a large percentage of what you're earning. So sometimes it's better to self-monetize in a Patreon or a, um, you know, a tip jar type basis. But um, there's also some other stuff that's going to be developing and coming out there, I'm sure. So look for stuff like that and always do your research. Find out how much money you're going to make from it, if it's worth it, and look to ways to self-monetize. Like that's the best advice I could give at least the bands who now feel this is an obstacle. Like just ditch Facebook, find other ways to, to stream it. There's plenty of other options out there. 
So, Mr. Flea, friend of all, I think everyone loves Flea as a 100% approval rating, has recently- Love the wild thornberries. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's oh my his... God, did you not grow up on Nickelodeon? The, it's a cartoon show where he plays like a little boy that just like makes little noises. Oh, I, I, I miss yeah. it. You gotta remember, I'm probably older than you guys. So we all, we all get, I'm 30. They got a movie in the 2000s. Yeah, I didn't see the Power Rangers movie either because I don't watch that dumbass shit because I'm grown, all right? I gotta, you, I, dude, listen, you might be grown. You might, you're missing out if you haven't seen Ivan Ooze, man. I don't know. I don't know what to tell Ivan you. Ivan Ooze, read a First off, let's talk about get back to the story, all right? <laughs> Lee, <laughs> slapping the best man from Red Hot Chili Peppers, recently discovered Cannibal Corpse and was posting about it on Twitter, I believe. And he was raving about it. Listen, I always say better late than never. Actually, I think it's actually really cool when someone like that, especially in this era where you can kind of find anything and you just kind of, you know, you ever find a record from like 20 years ago and like, how the hell did I miss this? So I think it's pretty badass. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I find it hard to believe that Flea doesn't has never at least heard of Cannibal Corpse because I just feel as a touring band, a band that's been on the festival circuit, you know other musicians, there's gonna be crossover, you're gonna hear the name. They're definitely as far as death metal goes, uh, among like the top tier, more better known bands. But for him to hear it for the first time, I guess makes sense. And I think that's awesome. I mean, I love just seeing people get into music at any stage, whether they're little kids or whether they're grown ass adults who've been around forever and they get into something. And um, it's just a feel good story. And I feel we need more feel good stories. Flea, I know where you're coming from. When we did the, the Rush cover on Two Minutes to Late Night, like it was such a big lineup. I had never really listened to Rush before. That was their idea to do that song. And I was like, well, I, Guess I'm gonna do a Rush deep dive now. I had heard of Rush my entire life, but it's finally, it was like the push I needed to finally get into it. So I'm sure Flea had heard of Cannibal Corpse, but then he started to do the deep dives with the discography and was like, um, I love all of these noises. Probably I would have to say Cannibal Corpse is the most important death metal band ever. So to be that, I think they represent everything you think about that genre in the most succinct and impactful and iconic way from the name of the band to what the songs are about to when you see them live. I mean, basically they're like if Death Clock was a real band. <laughs> when you go see right. them live, it's, you know, they're, they don't need, it's, you know, they're cartoonishly metal, you know, in every aspect of it. And they're just amazing. And they actually know how to write songs that have hooks and are catchy and that have lasted for, you know, 20, 30 years. I, I got to do Mayhem Festival with them and it was just so intensely heavy and incredible and neck breaking. By the way, I, I, had a, I took an edible, right? And then- uh, <laughs> Now, today? No, when we were on tour, we did these off dates with, with Cannibal and Behemoth and Black Dahlia Murder. And I walked into the venue that, at the Roseland in Portland and don't don't watch Cannibal Corpse on edibles. All right, it's not a good situation. I was scared, y'all. I was yeah. getting shivers. All right, yeah. I was like, this is too scary for me. I'm not ready for this. I need to hide. And it was <laughs> rough. Listen, Doc. Some people just can't hang. Yeah, listen. Listen to Doc. 
Say no to Edible Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, so uh, kind of pivoting off, off what uh, you were saying, Jordan, about finding an old record that essentially, if you've never heard it, it's new to you. I had this record by this band called Jellyfish, called Spilt Milk, and my drummer from my other band, Vegas Nerve, Mo, was playing for it. And it's like, there's all these hidden gems out there, and you just, you know, whenever you get it, it's when you get it. What about you, Katie? Do you have any like old records you discovered recently that you got into? I don't. I can't. I know there's been a ton, but one that really sticks out to me, at least a band that I should have been into a long time ago, and I slept on, was Baroness. Mm. I mean, I didn't actually get into that band until Purple Album. Um, and I, I knew who they were. I saw their name everywhere. I've seen them on uh, listed on festivals I was at. And I don't know why. I just had this weird assumption, like I, I don't know if it was just apathy. And then Purple came out and I heard um, Try to Disappear. It was actually the first song I heard from it. I was like, this band rocks. And then um, I listened to Purple when it came out. I revisited those last albums. And I feel like I really robbed myself out of something because I, I really, that's a band, like I said, it had been thrown in my face and I just ignored it. And I'm so glad I'd gone into them. It's all about yellow and green, but the first half, the first album out of that one is basically a perfect album. When best albums last 10, 15 years, my opinion, you know. Also, I just discovered Community, y'all, this TV show. It's good. Y'all, it's a good show, yeah. Great. First, first five episodes, they were they were figuring it out. But after that, it's aces. It's so good. It's anyway, so funny. This is not a show about community or TV. It's a show about music. Listen, Baroness is great. I love them. They are they are my people. Do you you ever hear like a band name where you are so jealous of how good that band name is? <laughs> Baroness is such a good. I'm like pissed off at them because it's such a good band name. Yeah, it's like sometimes a band name is so good you're kind of convinced there's no way the band can suck. Yeah, this is actually very, very similar to what Doc was saying about Cannibal Corpse. Now you have a band in obviously a completely different genre who also are, um, everything about them is pretty iconic. The band name, uh, the, the artistry, the, the album art, the music itself. Um, I think, you know, there's that basically exactly what Doc just said about Cannibal Corpse and their legacy. I think we see that in Baroness. Obviously haven't been around as long, but you could just kind of, put them in that same category where they're just like the whole package. And it's unbelievable. It's all like the art and the music is directed by one guy. John, take, go to bed, man. Take a <laughs> nap. It's so, you're doing so much, man. It's amazing. No, please don't stop. So I think uh, Werner Herzog should get into Cannibal Corpse and perhaps even do a documentary about him. All right, cause that dude is just, he's like intensely German and intensely intense. And I think, you know, he would understand this kind of level of extreme cohesion and it would be fascinating to him. And I think, and imagine a Cannibal Corpse documentary with the Werner Herzog like voiceover, you know, just like as he sits there, corpse grinder, <laughs> massaging his swollen neck from a night of two hour heads banging. It is not just only an addiction, but it is an affliction. You know, I just, I could picture this. <laughs> that was beautiful, beautifully said. I, I agree. I, th I feel like Werner Herzog would like, like Cannibal Corpse is the baby step in, but then when he finds like 
lingua ignota and like primitive man, he's never coming back. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna start following like obscure tattoo artists on Instagram. His life is different. Thing is, he probably does know about metal. Just think about it, because you have G Giger, who's German, right? And you know those dudes got to know each other. And then, <laughs> come on, <laughs> Germany ain't that small. And then, <laughs> and then Tom G. Warrior of Celtic. Wait, Frost. are you talking about HR Giger? He's yeah. from Switzerland. Well, you know they speak German there. dog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they do speak, I'm just saying, they do speak, they speak French and German, I believe, in, in Switzerland. And Switzerland is just a tax haven with mountains, okay? It's just rich, this is rich people Germany, okay? It's the Hamptons. Hamptons, <laughs> <laughs> the country. Oh, boy. I think I, I kind of want to take things in a different direction where I feel like anytime I see, like, a Kardashian or a Jenner wearing like a cannibal corpse or a slayer shirt i feel like they should have to now go into the pit at that concert you know what i'm saying like it's like all right you want to rep this band cool you're gonna rep this band you are gonna stand here in the pit at cannibal corpse that's not to say people are gonna be deliberately violent i just think they would be terrified and it would just be fun and no fun. if a kardashian got in a cannibal corpse pit the crowd would be deliberately violent. You would basically, that's a death sentence. Do not I was trying to give metalheads the benefit of the doubt, but you're probably right. They need security to go to the mall, let alone in <laughs> <laughs> Behemoth Show. No security in the Cannibal Corpse pit. I'll see you there, Kylie Jenner. That's the Warner Herzog documentary. A Kardashian goes in the pit, and then, <laughs> and then you just see Warner Herzog watching the footage. You must never listen to this. Um, I, uh, I'm gonna go the other, I, Joan Cusack, get into metal. Oh, yeah. I feel like she'd weirdly like, she would just, like, you play her, you play her like Iron Maiden, and she'd be like, I get it. I always had a crush on Joan Cusack. was in School of Rock. In, uh, in which movie? Which one did I have a crush on her? Yeah, ever, you, it's gotta be a specific one. I mean, she's pretty hot in Adam's Family. <laughs> but, I yeah. don't know, just even, I mean, post- 16 Candles, because she was like very nerdy in that. But when she kind of came into her own, I just, I don't know. I love the Chicago accent. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. maybe Hot dogs little, with peanut butter on maybe it. Maybe it means I'm a little gay for John Cusack, and I think that's okay, too. It, listen. Because you know? they look exactly the same, so. Sexuality is a spectrum. We're learning. Any, it's good to, it's good to be open to that. By the way, I'm thinking, I have this idea of, um, doing a high fidelity podcast where I basically get all the ex-girlfriends on a, a podcast and, and, you know, and, and just kind of go through it and like, what went wrong? What, why was I so stupid in, in doing that? What do you guys think? Listen to that. Just workshopping it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd be fun. You should do it uh, where you let the ex host each yeah. episode. <laughs> And you're the guest for no, each of your episode. The current girlfriend hosts. Well, yeah, my current girlfriend could do that. No problem. Yeah, she yeah go through. Yeah, episode. you're not even on the episode. It's just them two talking. <laughs> shit talk. Listen, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Now, wait, no, hold on. We got something. We got to call Audio Boom. Audio Boom, what's that? There's a podcast uh, network. Wow, that, this is a big rabbit hole. Wow. Can't get yeah. out. <laughs> Listen, I will brainstorm. I'm here.
So DC Comics is pairing with a number of rock and metal musicians for a new animated series that's streaming on the official DC YouTube. It's called Dark Knights colon Death Metal. And uh, it's really interesting. You got Andy Beersack of Black, Black Veil Brides doing the voice of Batman. Chelsea Wolfe is the voice of Wonder Woman. You have like background noises and music by like Zach Wilde. I forget who was on drums. It was also someone that I- Dave Lombardo. Dave Lombardo. Wow. Wow, guys. I'm burnt. This is what happens when you take too many edibles at a Cannibal Corpse show. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, and it's really cool. And actually in the first episode, like, sorry, guys, a little self-promotion here. I'll be transparent. Karak Angren, a band that's on Season of Mist, was actually a part of the soundtrack and one of their songs played. And uh, there was also a preview of a new Rise Against song. It's just a really interesting concept. And uh, what do you guys think about this, this blending of worlds? This all happened because of a spinoff comic series done by like a pretty famous Batman comic team, which is Scott Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. They are like the kings of, they've been writing Batman for like, I think a decade now. They keep leaving Batman and then coming back because they got more ideas. And I think weirdly, Greg Capullo, who is a huge huge metal nerd like he he's like he's good friends with uh with zach wild he's been getting scott snyder into metal and i think that that's what spawned the comic book batman death metal and that's how all the snowballing and we get chelsea wolf as wonder woman and i think it's cool well, we should also be remiss to talk about tyler bates who yeah. is kind of at the forefront of all the stuff and putting everything it says directed does that mean he directed the actual cartoon in addition to dealing with the soundtrack and doing all that as well uh he's a musical director he's not a he's not a director director you guys are forcing me to go on imdb he's a composer for all that stuff and he's also yeah. worked with he's basically worked on the last few marilyn manson records he worked on the new bush record or did a couple songs on that yeah so, that's right mm-hmm. yeah we covered that here he is a very prolific individual and i'm just putting out in the ether tyler college boy you know so what you need you need some guitars you know you already play guitar but you want a cool guy to hang out with and like you know like stroke your ego and stuff and give you backgrounds just holler at me so i want to hang holler at him i'm hollering but anyway i'm an old school comic book nerd i was i drew comic books and to me there's a big correlation culturally between metal and comic books we would it was almost a bridge from one thing to the other because my brother and i would draw comic books and listen to metal and then eventually started playing and it kind of, I don't know, it always felt close in terms of the the fellow nerddom. Um, totally. Yeah, metal and comics have always gone to get like Claudio Sanchez from Coding Cambria, writes and published comics. Uh, like, you know, Anthrax, like you go all the way back to Among the Living by Anthrax. There's just a Judge Dredd song in there. This is a Judge Dredd theme song, middle of the album. No one was reading, no one in America was reading Judge Dredd regularly back then. It was nuts. Alan Robert, actually, from um, Life of Agony, he actually went to art school, I forget which, somewhere in New York City, and someone who had animated comics for Marvel at some point was actually one of his teachers. And uh, he now, he was actually going on a path where he either wanted to be a comic book artist or a musician. And at the same time that he started pursuing comics, Life of Agony got a record deal with Roadrunner and he basically had to choose. 
So he chose Life of Agony, and now um, he's put out a couple of comic books, and he's also put out um, co like adult coloring books, like horror themed. And so, like, it, it, yeah, like you're saying, there, there's heavy roots. I feel like somewhere there's a Venn diagram of like metal, comics, or, and wrestling, and they all just all four of those things just intersect. I remember I found out about Entombed because of the Wolverine Blues mini video because it just has just had I, I just flipping through the the MTV like saw it on MTV2 on like a on like a metal throwback thing and I just was like I just saw Wolverine in the video. I later found out that they didn't want that song associated with Wolverine the character, but their label was like fucking you're doing it. <laughs> you're doing it. It's going to get it's going to make it bigger. And it kind of did. Also Danzig draws comics. All right. Katie, can I ask you a question? So you actually watched the episode? I did. Is it is it like the 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 preview where it's essentially still images kind of animated with the dialogue or is it actually full animated? That is exactly what it is where it's just still images and then you hear the dialogue over it. Gotcha. And the image, like the camera kind of pans over them like, you know, like so they're not like still in one place but it's just like a drawing. It's not like gotcha. an actual animation. Um, and I will say in my old age, I like a subtitle for something like that because I feel my, I'm not really being drawn necessarily to anything happening. This wasn't subtitled and it should have been. I'm okay. just gonna put that out there. Do we, uh, what do you feel about Andy's voiceover? Both of them did great. Andy did great and Chelsea Wolf also did fantastic. Um, I, I really was impressed. And Andy, you know, he's also acted before. He was in that movie, American Satan. Yeah, they were still coming out too. Yeah, and from what I've heard, there's um, that new channel is launching with the guy from Sumerian Records and uh, yeah. yeah, all these people are involved in this project and one of the shows they're gonna have, which is gonna be streaming, uh, is gonna, I think, be a spin-off show of American Satan starring Andy Biersack, uh, you know, kind of reprising his role. So it looks like- Yeah, it's called Paradise City. That's right, Paradise City, yes. Yeah, see, I like me, I for Batman, I kind of, I want, you know, because now we're used to the Christian Bale, like, here's the thing, Gotham City is under, you know, so you're used to this kind of gritty thing, and then with with Batfleck, they use kind of like a pitch shifter thing, which I thought sounded really cool, so I'm kind of like expecting a more grittier, lower, deeper voice Batman. He has a voice, honestly, I feel like he should be one of the go-to people when they dub anime for English. His like, I'm like, I just like, this dude should be on Akira. That's his voice. It like totally, like it almost feels like of that vibe. Like, but he's definitely has a very distinct voice for sure. Hire him for Batmanime. Batmanime, <laughs> there we go. Batmanime. All right, albums. Let's get into it. Macedon released Medium Rarities. It's a uh, it's a it's a B sides album full of uh, like some new songs, some like just pieces of uh, like singles or EPs that they like put on one thing for the first time. Got some live songs. Got some instrumental versions of some cool songs. It's hard for me to 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 sell this because normally I'm not I'm not really excited about like a B sides album or like whatever i had such a good time <laughs> listening to this album and i've heard uh like a lot of these songs before i love their feist cover but listening to this uh i forgot how much i loved that cover like it was the first time i heard their flaming lips cover 
I love that new song, Fallen Torches. It's great. Listening even to some instrumentals from songs that I already knew, it really made me appreciate the arrangement. And I'm listening to it and I'm like, why aren't these guys scoring a Thor movie? What's going on? It's, uh, I, I had such a good time. And I normally don't with an album like this. This, I think this was just a great sampler of Mastodon. You got a little bit of everything. You got their heavier stuff. You got their weirder stuff. You got their groovier stuff. Um, you've got them stepping out of their comfort zone and doing covers. You've got uh, live, which you can hear just the power of that band and how awesome they sound in a raw setting like that. So I thought this was just a great kind of, um, almost like a retrospective, but not really, you know, it just was a great compilation of this band in various stages and showing their versatility and it rocked. It was, yeah, I think you nailed it by saying it was a fun album, it really was. Yeah, I love the word versatility now. Vers versatility, baby. Versatility, baby. Versatility, versatility. Yeah. No. Is that not a word? New, so, no, versatility. <laughs> versatility Listen, sounds guys. like a Mortal Kombat, like, like, <laughs> like if you did a weird ass fucking murder in Mortal Kombat, I'm into that. V I versatility. I from Staten Island and we say things weird. <laughs> Listen, versatility. Katie, I, think, I think we found your, your rapper name. Versatility. Yeah. <laughs> hard. That's a hard name. I like it. Uh, it's great. I got. To, I, I love this album. And to kind of push against what you said, Jordan, I love B-side albums. One of my favorite Megadeth albums is called Hidden, Hidden Treasures. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, previously, a lot of those songs, uh, I literally have a collection of rare singles where they literally were B-sides on a single. You had to find them, you know, they get something from like France or something that's crazy. And so one of these songs, White Walker, which was done for the Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. found uh, this, this soundtrack that they released, you literally couldn't get this song. It was only on SoundCloud and you could only just stream it. And I think I was able to buy it from like Amazon or somehow I was able to get the song, but it's, I think yeah. it's one of the best Mastodon songs ever. Just like, it's probably top totally. five or six, Mass on songs for me ever. So I love when bands can kind of take tracks that are actually really are kind of hard to find and pin down and put them in one place. Um, but it made me just kind of like, and also to agree with you, like I remember when it was say instrumental, I kind of presumed it was like an unreleased instrumental, but it was, it was just instrumental versions of previously released Mastodon songs. So I, I, but I didn't realize that until halfway through. So I'd be listening to a song and I'm like, this is so great. Why does this sound so familiar? And then I would, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like looked it up and I was like, and then each, and then even the other songs, I was like, man, this, it's like, this sounds so good. But I'm like, I feel like this song is so good. Why would it be like on an album? And then I was like, oh, these are covers. So I was putting it all together as I was going. The only thing I probably would have liked the album without the live tracks because it's like pretty famous. Mastodon songs, which I feel like dilutes the album a little bit, where it's like, okay, live songs are cool, but is that really rare? Or I, to me, that's not really a B-side vibe, but it just, listening to it, I'm just like, it made me kind of think that metal, rock, every now and again, it really is a meritocracy, and the best bands actually do get to rise to the top. Like, I'm almost like, they're almost too good to be popular. It's weird, like for sure. Like it's I'm listening to them. Like, these are like geniuses. Well, exactly what you said about like why aren't they scoring 
just the soundtrack to everything. Like it's so brilliant and dense and next level. And I was just like fluffing their nutsack in my mind. Absolutely. I think like, or at least like, Collective nutsack. you know, have the, have the live stuff. Maybe I could see like, maybe just put that at the, at first I thought the live stuff was mixed in there because I was like, uh, cause the first, uh, live song, I forget which one it was, but I was like, I guess they don't play this live that much anymore. But yeah. then it was like blood and thunder. I'm like, okay, you always, you're always going to hear blood and thunder at every Mastodon show. So I, 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 I didn't have a good reason. I liked hearing it. I like, it's yeah. weird no, listening I, to I, how I tight they are. I I loved it. Love it. I'm not fluff or coil over here. All right. Just <laughs> all that shit. All right, we got a new full-length album from Uniform. Shame. Um, it was it was pretty good. This I I really liked the presentation when we talked about this band the first time. Loved the music videos. I loved the song uh like that that went with the video. Um, this I, I maybe I had a different experience with this band this time because I listened to them while like driving a car. And I remember listening, like midway through listening, there was one song where just, there was like a new obnoxious noise that they were adding into the mix and it came in way too loud. Okay, you are not wrong because I listened to that in the company of my cat and he freaked out during the second part of that album. I am all for putting obnoxious noises in there, but when I'm fucking listening to metal, I'm listening to it loud already. You can't fucking push a louder sound out of that. That's being an asshole. You're being a dick. I'm already, I'm already in danger of fucking losing my hearing. Don't do that shit. Fuck out of here. But also, but also this band is cool, but fuck you for that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I feel you. It's funny. Cause I, I really like this band. Um, I feel like certain songs to me remind me of kind of like, a noisier Deftones meets Code Orange. Like that was kind of the vibe I was getting. Um, but I also thought it was a little inconsistent. There were some songs that didn't grab me as much as others. And some songs I think that I, there was that like ASMR aspect where they had these like really piercing, like challenging sounds that like you said, that just like kind of just go right through you. And like I said, I was watching with my cat who typically kind of just music is background noise, but if something sudden, or unnerving occurs, he's very attuned to it. And those sounds were so high and screechy. Um, and there were a couple of moments like this on the album and it, you could just see his ears just perk up and he was not having it. So um, I could do it less of that. But otherwise, you know, it was solid album. There were some songs I, I really loved. Uh, to me, a band with a solid opener is always important because that's what's gonna grab you and that's what's gonna make me decide do I wanna keep listening to this album or not. And the opening song was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it was good. I mean, overall, I would say I liked it. Um, like I said, some parts, maybe not, but I get what they're trying to do. It's just not for me, but I get it. Yeah, I, I think this is a good band, but it's just not my cup of tea. And it didn't hold my attention. And a lot of times I'm like, I don't know, just felt like shitty ministry. <laughs> which, is still pretty, which is still pretty good. Yeah. You know, even shit <laughs> is 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 pretty good, and yeah, and it just wasn't. You know, it's it's just a little kind of, I don't know. There's a, a kind of despair 
in the music that, and I think this is, a lot of this stuff is so mood-based, depending how you feel, if you're in the mood to listen to something like this, it's right, like, don't put on the horror movie at 1 a.m., because you're going to have nightmares, you know, so you get, it's like, yeah. a record like this, you kind of, you know, sometimes set and setting matters a lot, but this record just really didn't do it for me, but not because I don't think the band is good. I agree. Yeah, no, it, you. I think you were right with like ministry because I was like also thinking like this sounds like Electric Hellfire Club, but if they weren't, if they didn't have like a keyboard, uh, they just were like beating the shit out of a computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. That's, That's all I got. got for this one. <laughs> Skeletal remains the entombment of chaos. It is a death metal album. This is a death metal band writing death metal songs for their death metal record, which has a death metal album cover. They have a death metal band name. Listen, if you like death metal, you will like this album. Uh, I think they are a solid death metal band. They don't have other elements uh, to their to their band, to their music at all. It's just like, if you like death metal, this is for you. Wait till Flea hears this. That's all I gotta say. That's a very good point. They're, no, really, they're a very classic death metal band for sure. Like very old school sounding, um, very cut and dry and uh, not really my thing. And I've said this before, but if you, that's what you're into, you like Cannibal Corpse, Obituary, like the most basic, kind of caveman metal, like something that really feels nostalgic, then check this out for sure. First off, to me, I and I talk about this a lot, you know, with uh, heavy music culture is aesthetic and especially the aesthetic of kind of nostalgic periods, right? So this is very, and this is, we have a lot of the stuff coming back, right? Whether that's, um, you know, we talk about Power Trip bringing an aesthetic of, an early 90s, you know, Sepultura obituary kind of thing. Um, and we saw that like kind of that whole rethrash re era, right? The municipal wastes and all that stuff. And I think this is that version of, of that for death metal. Even like, like looking at the album cover just puts me in a good mood. And it gets me yeah. in that vibe of the stuff of the early death metal bands, old death, old, you know, Morbid Angel stuff. So... I, as soon as I put it on, it's like everything just felt congruent. The music and the album cover and the, the band title, everything was like this. Is, and I, I love that whole aesthetic and they do it really, really well. Um, but I did find myself like, this is like a band. I only want to really want to listen. Like, I almost feel like I would enjoy them more if I heard one song on a compilation. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it, it like, it is very consistent. But it also is, there is a kind of repetition. There isn't a, a big variance between from song to song. So like I found myself getting a little yeah. bored after three or four songs, but what they do, they do extremely well. It was very enjoyable. And their lead guitar player is on fire. That dude. And, also, okay. and also like that the singer is not typically guttural. There's a little more uh, individuality, and right. kind, of, kind of nuance, which I really enjoyed. He kind yeah, of reminded sure. me of a cross between John Tardy and like early death Chuck Schuldner. Yep. Like I felt like that was like kind of like yeah. what I got those two things kind of mixed together. I will just to kind of piggyback off what Doc said, just said, sometimes I see band names and album covers and I expect one thing and I hear something totally different. And we've totally talked about instances of this on the show before. 
But this was one band where I saw the album title, I saw the band name, I saw the song titles, and I saw the artwork and knew immediately what I was getting into. And I, I think that that's important and I appreciate that. Like, you know, I'm not surprised. I know what this is about to be and I'm not disappointed either. For sure. I think like this is judge this book by its cover because you, you're going to be right. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know, like I, I agree with all that. I think like every, everybody rips, like I, I, there's so much that I appreciate about it for, for me on this record. Like there wasn't like that, that thing that's, uh, that, uh, like is going to make me really remember what this sounds like. And, and I think in all the other instances, um, that or the other bands that doc listed like i know like there is that thing that sounds like power trip even though it's very emblematic of of like that early 90s thrash there is that thing in blood incantation that sounds like blood incantation even with necrot like i can tell when it's a necrot song i'm not sure i could pick this band out of a lineup I, I kind of feel the same way it's like i i hear carcass song i know that's carcass i hear an obituary yeah. song I know that's obituary. this band this is the kind of band where if I saw them listed on a bill for a show I was going to or a festival, I would watch them. But it's not an album I see myself revisiting. But and I so, wouldn't turn it off if it was on. That that's the thing. I some not not everybody is going for that. Not everybody wants to make themselves stand up. Maybe the, like this is this is for uh, the purists. Like maybe like this band is doing exactly what they want to do. They want to, they want to fucking sound like nineties death metal and God damn it. They nailed it. Good job, boys. And girls, I don't know. I don't know who's in that band. <laughs> <laughs> or girls. It's Sean Pharaoh's EP. Katie, take it away. It's your boy. Oh, yeah. So this is the second EP that he put out this year, um, which I think is amazing. We uh, covered his EP Telemark on an earlier episode of the show, pre-pandemic, the before times. And this one, I actually think I liked a lot more. Uh, there were, I believe, three or four original songs, all of which really reminded me of um, kind of like Opeth Damnation era meets like a perfect circle. Uh, I really, really love this, really vibe to it. And there were two really out-of-the-box covers that he nailed. One of those covers, it was Portishead. Uh, it was, I um, can't remember the song name. It was song that's in Tank Girls. That's how I know it, the Tank Girls song. And he absolutely nailed it vocally, musically. It was incredible. And then the other one, why can't I remember? I want to say Ace of Base, but I know that's wrong. Hold on, guys. I need to look this up. Aha! It was Aha. I don't know why I was saying Ace of Base. I mean... Whatever, same which, era. Which which track was the AHA uh -huh cover? The final song, okay. Manhattan Skyline. And that one, mm -hmm. if you notice, the vocals were different. It was Einar Solberg from Leprous, who was actually collaborated right. with um, Ishan a lot before. I love this record. I really do. We always talk about a favorite of the week. This was easily my favorite of the week. Um, I kind of, like I said, the last album, Skeletal Remains, I'm probably not going to revisit that. This album, I'm definitely going to be spinning a lot in the future. I, I really loved it. What did you guys think? I this is the same thing. My favorite album of the week, and it's not close. I'm kind of almost beating myself because I, you know, I'm an Emperor fan from back in the day, and his career as a solo artist, I kind of like. I've had albums and I've listened to it, but I've been more of kind of a outward fan. I haven't really digged into it, and now I kind of feel like an idiot for not really 
dipping into his catalog as much as I should. That first song is like, mm. it's like one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. Where it's like, and that's what I'm talking about. I love what an album, just the first song is so undeniable that you're just like, you're in for the ride. And uh, he's a genius. And there's just not too many people like him, you know, in any field. And so we're, we're, we're lucky to have him. So I'm going to, yeah, this is automatically already like one of my top releases of the year. It's incredible. I agree. Incredible. It's been, and I agree with you, Katie. I like, I like it more than the other. And I really, I loved the first CP. Same. And he, it's not, this came out of nowhere and just stomped all over the other EP. It's uh yeah, you guys uh nailed that first song. Holy shit. It ruined it it like it like ruined my day and then it made my day. Oh good yeah. job, Ashan. I agree. I absolutely agree. This album, um it 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 killed it. It really did. I feel like like Ishan and like Devin Townsend should have like a talent dick measuring contest. Like who's the more geniusy genius genius person. <laughs> they have two different vibes, you know, like like Devin Townsend has that grander, uh, ostentatious kind of vibe, whereas Isan, I think, is more of like a refined kind of vibe. Like I feel like even though they're kind of in the same category, you can't necessarily compare them because they both still have really are such individuals with what they do. They're both brilliant. But they're just brilliant in their own lane. I don't really think there's a better, you know. Well, they're, they're I'm just... not even saying there is. I'm just saying it's like crazy to have one person that's that good at anything, <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like, and there's, you know, we're lucky to have a few of those individuals in in this heavy music world. And I'm just, you know, I'm just in awe. I'm just like, sit, nut flow for cool, just out here, just just waxing mm -hmm. testes. All right, that's all I'm doing. You know, that's a problem when you give me good music because I'm just gonna praise it. So it's pretty pretty embarrassing. Give me something. It's so embarrassing. How dare you like good music, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> that does it for us here at Last Words on the Pit. Doc, where can the people find you? You can find me all my socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Doc Coyle, D-O-C-C-O-Y-L-E, or check my website out, ww.doccoil.net. Katie, how do they follow you? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Merciful Kate. Follow me at Two Minutes to Late Night on Instagram at 2M2LN on Twitter. Please follow The Pit at We Are The Pit on all of the social medias. Subscribe to The Pit's YouTube channel to see some very cool interviews with your favorite artists. And also, leave us some comments. Look at our cool t-shirts. There's stuff on there. It's YouTube. You know what YouTube is. All right. We're here every Thursday. Bye-bye. <laughs>